Hey everyone, welcome into this Thursday edition of the End Zone Podcast, coming to you a little later than normal, a Thursday evening, but it's just the right time to get talking about college football and a, a big weekend we have coming up on Saturday, a renewal of the Deep South's oldest rivalry, Georgia and Auburn, that's a game you'll see 3.30 right here on WTOC, and then Georgia Southern going to battle to get bowl eligible at home uh, against ULM. I'm Sports Director Jake Wallace joined alongside Lindsey Goff. And, Lindsey, this is a, a, like I mentioned, a big weekend. There's a ton of college football happening after last week's latest game of the century between LSU Mm -hmm. and Alabama. A lot to kind of unbox and look at. And Mm -hmm. this week is another chance for us to get some more answers about where everyone stands across the country. Yeah, definitely. Shake up in the college football playoff rankings and the AP Top 25. I mean, Alabama's kind of always been in that top four since the college football playoff was created. So it's interesting to see how that has impacted everybody, including Georgia, because when they took that loss to South Carolina, unranked South Carolina at home, a South Carolina team with a losing record, you know, you could have counted them out of the playoffs. I think some people did. I kind of thought they would have a hard time, but they're back in the rankings and they're moving back up. They've had some quality wins since then, a win at Auburn would help them solidify that, certainly. So some interesting shakeups last weekend that could really set up this week to be impactful. Yeah, I think dog fans have known that as long as they won out, win the SEC championship, don't lose any games in between there, they're probably in. And I think that uh, most definitely still stands with the dogs now number four in the latest playoff rankings. Mm -hmm. But this will be their toughest test left this season until they get to the SEC championship that this game at Auburn where we saw two years ago number one Georgia went in and that did not end well for the dogs they got Mm -hmm. blown out by Auburn were losing from basically the opening kickoff and Jordan Hare is not an easy place to play it's one of the tougher places in the SEC to play they're on top of you and so the dogs are this is going to be like I said the toughest test left in the regular season for the Georgia Bulldogs. And you you look at this game, and I think everybody can tell you this is going to be a game between two of the best defenses in the SEC. You look at the ranks and really up and down um, the, the top categories, both Georgia and Auburn are right there near the top. Georgia mm-hmm. number one in the SEC in total defense and rushing defense. Auburn number three in both of those categories. Both these defenses are mean. They're nasty. Um, and whoever's plays better likely wins Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I'm looking at the ESPN matchup predictor right now, and they're giving Auburn the advantage. They have Auburn with a 52.6% chance to win it, Georgia at 47.4. So basically a toss-up. Auburn obviously ranked number 12 in the country. They're 7-2 and two on the season, but it's not going to be easy for Georgia to just go in there. This is – not one that you can sleepwalk through, certainly. It's a tough, tough game and a tough environment. Yeah, everyone looking at, at this game, I think, especially for Georgia, is going to be looking at health. I mean, the dogs went through three centers um, a week ago against Missouri. Everyone should be back on that front, they expect. And then Lawrence Cager, the top receiver for Georgia, uh, left in the first half, mm-hmm. didn't return. He's expected back for this one but this Auburn defense can rattle you and they can mess you up they did it to LSU you remember that was a 
not the game where LSU kind of ran up and down the field right. like they just did against everybody, including Alabama. That was a 23-20 win for LSU, and the Auburn defense played well. They can shut you down, and they can bother you up front, especially Derek Brown feels like a guy who's been there for the Tigers since 1997. <laughs> he's still all? there, and he's still wreaking havoc up front for the Tigers. George is going to have to contain him if they want a chance of winning this game, of establishing the run and giving themselves a chance to take some deep shots uh, should they choose to. For me, the the key to this game is is the defenses, as I've mentioned. Can Georgia overcome the Auburn defense? They don't have to score 40 points. They're not probably I have some going, stats for you. Hang on. Go, go with the stats. Say what you need to say. The defense. They're not, Georgia's not going to score 40 points. They don't need to. Right. Can they score enough, and then can they rattle freshman quarterback Bo Nix and bother him into making some mistakes? He's very Jake Frommish. He's from Alabama, the freshman quarterback coming in. His father it's, played at Auburn. It's a similar story to Jake Fromm, but listen to how similar their offensive numbers are. So Jake Fromm on the season, 156 for 233, just over 1,800 yards, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. Knicks, 140 for 248, just almost 1,800 yards, 12 touchdowns, but he has six interceptions. The running backs, their top running backs, each have seven touchdowns on the season, really similar amount of carries. And uh, so do their top receivers. So very, very, very similar numbers between them on offense. Yeah, both of these teams, you know what you're going to get out of them. They want to run the ball. They want to establish the run. They want to dominate on the ground game. And then they want to uh, hit you when they have opportunities with, with deep shots and explosive plays. That's the, the big mm-hmm. term that everybody loves now. But, you know, I, th- I think this game's going to come down to who can take the most advantage of mistakes and who can hit the most explosive plays um, and get a win. You know, this is a, a really important game for Georgia, and Auburn can stick around. They have two losses. They're going to need a kind of a miracle to, to get back into the mm-hmm. college football playoff discussion. But a good way to start doing that would by would be beating Georgia uh, Saturday afternoon on the Plains. Absolutely. One, one thing to note, this is my stat that means nothing about this game, but it's just interesting to me. <laughs> Very small sample size, clearly. Kirby Smart's never won a game as Georgia's head coach at an SEC West Stadium. It's a fun fact. Doesn't mean anything. Has no bearing on this game. It's a fun fact, though. You could impress your friends at a tailgate. You can start to see the narrative maybe start to work itself together. Yeah, you just started it. Yeah, there it is. It was all me. <laughs> it was all my fault. The over-under is 41, by the way. Uh, something interesting. Auburn's allowing 17.4 points a game. Georgia, 10. 10. Yeah. 10.1. Yeah. Like so, I said, these are two really That's a touchdown. I mean, these that's are two really good defenses. All you I would, need. <laughs> I would argue these are probably the two best defenses in the SEC and they're going to lock horns. LSU uh, might disagree with you. With the be- best defense? <laughs> that, that's fine. They they can be wrong. Um, <laughs> Georgia wins. They're they're they win the SEC East. They're they clinch their spot in Atlanta. Well, we can't uh, overlook Texas a and but we'll we'll cross that bridge. Well, we'll well if they win, they do clinch. <laughs> if they win, they are in Atlanta, and then we'll f- and then the Texas a Oh, game. you said the SEC mm-hmm. championship. Yeah. We're not, yes, yeah. yes. So, a big game for Georgia Saturday. You'll see it right here on WTOC. Three thirty is the kickoff. I'll Jake be, there. be there. Yeah. I'll be there. We'll have live coverage from the planes. Um, on, on the news on, at seven. Yeah, or whenever the news starts. Yeah, it'll come on after. What's the second game we have? 
That's that's the second game. That is the yeah. second game. It'll yeah, so it'll come on after the conclusion of this yeah. game. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so in Statesboro this weekend, we've got Georgia Southern hosting Louisiana Monroe, mm-hmm. or ULM as they like to be called now. This is a Southern team that, by their own words, was embarrassed last Saturday at Troy. Gave up over bad. 600 yards of offense, 49 points to a Trojan team that was not spiraling, but certainly needed the win they got over the Eagles. And Georgia Southern was again coming off a win over a ranked Appalachian State team, had talked all week about how they weren't going to come out flat. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to let success go to their heads. I don't know if that happened, but they certainly looked flat. They certainly played flat against Troy. And head coach Chad Lunsford on Monday said, that's my fault. That's on me. He said that game against the Trojans was a direct reflection of the head coach. He said Saturday's vibe didn't feel right, and we didn't look right from the opening kickoff. Now, how do they bounce back from that? This is a team that's done it before. Mm-hmm. Last year it took them two games. Yeah, they lost two. They the, lost these to same U- two opponents. Yep, they lost to ULM and Troy. Can they keep that now to just one? They talked about not letting the Troy loss beat them twice. Don't come right. back out with you know, subpar energy again because of what happened on Saturday. I think they'll be able to do that. The team was saying all the right things. Now, they said all the right things after the <laughs> App State game, but I think coming back home, needing a win to get bowl eligible, and just keeping yourself in the Sun Belt race, Right. You know, if, if App still State... still need a few things to happen, if, but if, if they're not out of it. Yeah, they need App to lose a game to get back in it. But if they do, they're still here, but you're gone. You're right. done if you lose. They have to take care of their end of it and yeah. hope for the best on App State. But if you lose, yeah, you no longer control yeah. your destiny at all. So. The thing that I think helps, for that will help Georgia Southern Saturday, is this is not a good defense they're playing ulm dead last in the Sun Belt in points per game allowed nearly 38 in total mm-hmm. yards a game nearly 500 yards they can score they also give up a ton of points and so yeah. southern's going to do what southern does try to control the ball control the clock keep the ulm offense off the field and take advantage of a porous warhawk defense yeah ulm certainly has more of a passing game than georgia southern does but as long as they can contain that, and hopefully Georgia Southern has Kendall Vildor back, that would help them out a lot in this game. Uh, especially if he's back, I think that they can manage. Um, ULM's averaging 30.6 points a game. Georgia Southern 25.3, but I'm on this ESPN matchup predictor kick right now. They're giving Georgia Southern 72.3% chance of winning it, so that's pretty good. I mean, this is, this is a game that you look at it on paper, you look at the stats, you look at all that. This is a game that Georgia Southern so, should win, especially right. at home. Right. They just gonna, they're going to have to answer the bell. They're going to have to come Respond. out ready to go, ready to play. Because in this Sunbelt Conference, I think Georgia Southern fans have learned this over the past few years, anybody's kind of capable of beating anybody. I know that's kind of cliche from all across the college football and pro football any given Saturday, any given Sunday. But there are very few games that you look at in the Sunbelt Conference that aren't at least considerable toss-ups. Yeah. This one, Georgia Southern is going to be the favorite. They should be. But they're going to have to play well. You can't not play well and you win cannot games sleep in the Sunbelt Conference. cannot sleepwalk through this one. Right. Yeah. One team that won't be playing on Saturday, but they're, they're the best story probably this year. 
mm-hmm. in terms of at least college football. Last year it was Georgia Southern's great turnaround. This year it's Savannah State's great turnaround. For our area at least, yeah. Yeah, the Tigers finishing their season last week with a dominant performance over Edward Waters, uh, going 7-3 and three to wrap up mm-hmm. the SI, or their first season back in Division Two. the first winning season since 1998, 21 years in the making. Yep. Savannah State can say, and they are, the SIAC East champions. The first unbeaten conference season since 1989. Yep, and that team actually wasn't allowed to play in the postseason either, ironically. A a lot of uh, similarities, but what what a fun team, what a fun year. They were a blast to to follow this year. I got to go to several of their games, and I was at their final game, uh, and their big homecoming win, and... The team's been a pleasure to cover this year. They've been a lot of fun to watch. It, it's been, look, I, I've covered this team for a couple of years coming into this year, and, and you just talk to some fans, and football seasons have been miserable out on the marsh for nearly two decades. Yeah. It's been hard to watch sometimes. It's been hard to root for, hard to enjoy. This season, I think, I asked Sean Quinn earlier today. I spoke with Coach Quinn. You'll see uh, some of that tonight on the news on Thursday. Um, Was this season, how much fun was this Mm -hmm. season? And he said it was a blast. And he said winning is fun. That helps. But seeing the community rally, seeing this team start to gain confidence, believe in themselves, find a winning culture, all that was a lot of fun. And you start to look at this team, and now you start to look towards the future, and there's bigger and better things for this Tiger team on the horizon. I truly believe that. They returned several leaders, including quarterback Devon Gibbons. He'll be back for his senior year next year, and that's that's big for this team. They switched over to the option this year. Kind of modeled it after Georgia Southern's option a little bit. They took some uh, from their playbook, literally. They went up to Statesboro and watched some film, and um, – they said that you know he's really gotten the option down in the playbook, and um, so it'll be good for them to have Devon Gibbons back under center and as a leader to the newcomers on the offense, and they returned so much. And it, it's really a credit to the players what they were able to do this year because they had so much going on, like you said. I mean, they struggled for years, and they had a new coach. They had a new conference. They went down to Division Two. They had a lot stacked up against them, and – Rather than, you know, give up, they really bought in to what Sean Quinn was telling them, and it showed out on the field. Yeah, the conference certainly provided enough um, uh, motivation, you could say, and, <laughs> and you know, preseason predictions and, and all-conference yeah. snubs and they all that they talked about that a few times. They weren't even given a table yeah. at Media Day, and that did not sit well with the team. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. And you mentioned Devon Gibbons, and you mentioned this offense. D'Angelo Durham will also mm-hmm. be back for the Tigers, the, yes. the leading running back. When you look at the last three games and how that offense clicked, they scored 35, 53, and 49 points in those final three games. When they st- Now that they have the offense, and now they're going to get another full offseason, it's, it's scary to think about what this team could be next year. They're losing 13 seniors, but most of their key contributors will be back. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a dangerous team next year. Still fighting to get to the SIAC title game next year. Still fighting to get to D2 playoff eligibility. All those things are still up in the air. But this is a team that you look at how good they played the last 
four or five games of the year, they could be a force next season with a full off season and everybody coming back. Uh, it, it, it there's a bright future on the marsh. Absolutely, and uh, I have no doubt that they're going to be sitting there thinking about how they weren't allowed to play in the SIAC championship all off season and. You know, we talked about how they used, they were picked last at Media Day. They used that. They weren't even given a table, no respect. And I think they might carry that over as a little motivation as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it was it was a fun year on the marsh. It's going to be a fun off season, a lot to look forward to next year. And uh, we're going to look forward to covering it. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have another podcast for you. We'll be talking about the first round of the state playoffs in Georgia, second round in South Carolina, leading up to tomorrow night's postseason edition of the End Zone. Lindsay and I will be breaking down uh, the big matchups, some of the stuff to watch for, some bracketology for you. Bracketology? It's not even March. It doesn't need to be. Not in Georgia. <laughs> we'll hit it in the high school football season. And we're looking forward to doing it. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Make sure you join us tomorrow. Uh, for the End Zone podcast, and then tomorrow night for the End Zone. For Lindsay, I'm Jake. I'll talk to you tomorrow.